Hey, this is the Bridging Realities podcast with your hosts, Danielle Polgar and Eugenia Crock. Bridging the esoteric and the practical concepts of astrology into everyday life. We're happy you're hanging out with us and we hope you enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Bridging Realities with your hosts, Danny Polgar and Eugenia Crock. <laughs> Felt like being a little cheesy there. There's a really funny new show on Netflix called um, Haters Back Off. And that's how she talks. She's like, uh, she calls herself Amanda, Mandy or something, sings, I'm Amanda Sings. And she talks like that. It's, it's very funny. It's, it, it, it's Well, it's it's called Haters Back Off. And it's a bit, essentially, it's a very, very funny show. But it's funny because it's so bloody accurate. And it's about this young girl who's trying to get famous on YouTube, like so many people try to do. Right. And, and it's, so it's mm-hmm. a really kind of like current cultural commentary on, uh, the motivations of, of certain people and, and not other people, but, but more than anything, it's hilarious. It's like, it's laugh out loud, funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. I want to check it out. Anyway, need sorry, a laugh intro. out loud, funny. Yes, we all do. Hey, we need a laugh out loud. Man. And that's a good one. They brought that yes. out at a really smart time because we all do need to chuckle a little bit here and there. Because uh, there's mm-hmm. stuff happening in the world, <clears throat> per usual. But it has felt a little, uh, maybe a little bit on the heavier side this week with the Pluto-Mars conjunction, which we talk about in the episode. Uh, but should we talk about that just a little bit? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Uh, so... Uh, I was just speaking to someone just prior to this and we, we kind of really got deep into the Pluto Capricorn piece, but you know, we are in the, at the 15 degree point with, uh, Pluto and Capricorn and that's the halfway point. So this is like the heart of the matter, you know, with, Mm -hmm. with Pluto at 15 degrees, it's like, what is going, what's the massive transformation wanting to be had here? What is the major shift uh, going on with that, that Pluto restructuring uh, Capricorn restructuring structure, but Mars joined it this week. And that's just a really, really fascinating thing because uh, Mars used to be the traditional ruler of Scorpio. Pluto is the current ruler of Scorpio. And so it's the God of the underworld and the God of war dancing in the sky. And that is, uh, it's just a big deal. And like Kelly had said on one of our episodes a few weeks ago, whatever's happening in our lives right now might really help inform us of our personal Pluto transits. Um, so, you know, we all entered a new Pluto phase when Pluto moved into Capricorn in 2008, but for each of us individually, it moved into a specific house with specific placements. Uh, and so this will be the area of all of our individual lives that are going through very, very big transformations. And so because of those big transformations um, in the collective and then in ourselves, we're being asked to look at what is being transformed. So like mine's happening in the eighth house and it really is about sex, death and money. And it's, it's interesting because it did move in in 2008 and I've had a lot of those experiences and I don't think I've wanted to admit to having them. Uh, But now it's kind of like, no, wow, this is totally the stuff I've been asked to look at in a very, 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 very deep way for a while now. Um, And so it's really highlighting that to me in my life right now Um, with Mars there because it's like the God of War like hits 
the god of the underworld in the face. It was like, what's up? And he riles him up and it's like, okay, we have to look at this. We have to look at this. So, um, and I know it's happening in your 12th house, Danny. So you're having like a totally different experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to name eighth house is kind of that scorpionic feeling. It's ruled by Scorpio, Pluto. 12th house is a Neptunian Piscean feeling. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so Danny's is in this Piscean place versus mm-hmm. uh, the Scorpio place. So, so I know, yeah. So what's that been like for you this week? Um, I mean, it's not, I can't really narrow it down to this week. This week has actually been very positive and mm-hmm. like full of really like good things happening. But I think as a whole with this Pluto transit to my 12th house, um, it seems anyways that I'm kind of getting some insight into like the deeper workings of my psyche. So I've been doing a lot of inner work, um, through my outer work. I don't know how, if, if that's the best way to describe it. I mean, it's very Piscean, right? To be like, I don't know how to say it. <laughs> what it is. But there is something that's happening that feels really fundamental to me, like huge changes in the ways that I do things that are so different than how I used to do things. Or like even the way I like think about the world and see the world. So, um, and I also do feel like this collective piece that like I'm part of a greater I mean, maybe we all feel this, but, um, part of a greater shift that's happening here. So uh, maybe it's happening in like the astral realm that I'm reorganizing stuff. And I will say this, actually, my dreams have been very profound. Um, specifically, even I would say over the past six to eight months Mm -hmm. and, um, kind of working out fears and issues that I feel like I, I, deal with in my present life, um, more just prominent, like, like, it's like, whoa, this is happening, you know, where it's almost like a reality of it, of that experience, um, for my psyche to kind of purge that. And I don't know. So yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously I'm going to, if God, God forbid anything happens to me, but I will have the experience of Pluto, starting to transit my first house. So that'll be something I can imagine. Um, so maybe this is kind of like the quiet before the storm. <laughs> so I yeah. better just enjoy it. <laughs> I don't know. You know. Well, yeah. And it's the ebbs and flows, right? Like it's funny. I'm looking at your chart yeah. and I'm looking at how Saturn is totally now moved along from your midheaven. And I remember when Saturn was like on your midheaven and, yeah, and now so Venus that. is there. Right. And so, yeah. So for all of us, you know, wherever this Pluto Mars thing is, it's going to look different. There's like a collective feeling. There's like a collective, uh, for most people I've been hearing a lot of, like, there's a lot of just anger right now and fear and, <laughs> You know, just like, oh, my God, what's happening? Uh, Charge, charge, uh, fear around this structure falling down, this structure of the patriarch and the structure of uh, everything that we felt kept us stable, not just as a country, but as a world. Um, Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's, it's there. We're feeling it. And the rage. I mean, I think you're pointing out something really key here is that it's kind of like the rage, the anger and, and things that we've been suppressing for so many years and centuries, specifically this piece about the feminine Mm -hmm. and, and all that. It's just coming up. It's Mm -hmm. like, there is no more room to stuff it underneath. And Mm -hmm. thankfully it's like, you know, we have these two candidates in this political, you know, 
piece, this, this unfolding that's happening, who represent such, um, you know, I mean, they're just mirror reflections of like our inner experience, you know, and, and you have to see, like when you see something outside of you that triggers you, makes you so mad, you've got to know that that's shit's living inside Mm -hmm. of you. So better come to terms with it in some way, shape or form, because, you know, um, Mm -hmm. it's real, it's there. So Mm -hmm. I think everybody collectively is really feeling that. And it's really good to get the rage out because otherwise it's, you know, just kind of stuffed in there and the energy wants to go somewhere and we're already diseased as a culture. So let's heal. I think there's a real big healing potential that's available with um, Pluto and Mars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like, you know, I've had this week where, you know, right around the time you know, Rasa died. So did my vehicle. Uh, I've been in this very challenging situation to get this new vehicle that I purchased. Uh, essentially I bought it from a crook who I didn't know was a crook at the time. And it kind has come to a boil with this Pluto Mars conjunction. And it's really interesting because it's making me look at a couple of things. And one of them is like, I need to be more responsible with my money right? Like this is, you know, I should have had, you know, my, my poop in a group. I really needed to be more clear about, you know, owning my life and not, you know, saying, Hey person, get me a vehicle because I can't think about it. I don't have the time for it. It's like, no, I need to really slow down, look at things. Right. And then of course, then Libra is in, or excuse me, Jupiter is in Libra. And this is mentioned on the podcast as well, but in the episode, but we talked about this with Jupiter moving into Libra that like, yes, it might be bring joy and abundance and relationships and so on and so forth, but it illuminates. And so it illuminates justice. It's funny because ever since it moved in there, my brother's been in jury duty. One of my closest friends got sent to jury duty. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. It's like fascinating. And so, so issues around justice and equanimity, because I also think this person is, is do some justice. Like what this person did is, is robbery and it was crookery and it was conniving. And and I'm going to stand up for my rights and I'm going to stand up for my justice. And I'm going to have to look at how I am this crook. I just, I'm going to have to, I already have, I already have, I don't like looking at it. I, you know, recently, a couple of years ago, my boss at the time stole my social security number and started taking out debt with my, my, my person didn't know it read like overdrafted a card, you know, put me into big debt and I didn't even know I had a credit card out there. Um, another kind of very Pluto eighth house. It's all like making sense. People taking advantage of my money. Yeah. Right. And like my person and things of that nature. And, and it's coming to a head right now in a really, really kind of interesting way. And, but at the same time I had to look at that boss and I had to look and be like, how have I taken advantage of him? You know, and so it's always both like, I'm still not pleased that it happened. And I don't think that person is a good person at all, but I have to look at like, how is that a reflection of my internal world? And it is very hard to look at. How is Donald Trump a reflection of my internal world? How is Hillary Mm -hmm. a a reflection of my internal world? And so on. I mean, we're Mm -hmm. multifaceted individuals. And so like Danny's saying is where we can yell and fight and scream and say that the other person is full of shit as much as we want. And we do. And they're part of the ecosystem of humanity. We all are. So, um, exactly. 
So as this energy passes, I hope, <laughs> I don't know, uh, things won't feel maybe as intense as they have this week, at least for me. Um, and I know for others, they've been feeling this kind of intensity too. So, um, but it's yeah, I think there. it'll be interesting. I mean, it's we're we're kind of gearing up. I think things get more intense towards the election, anyways. Like people are so holding on to their belief system, and please, oh my God, I hope this person wins because I need them to win because I'm invested in their, you know, what they're going to do for the world. And let's just face it, all of these people say they're going to do things, and then like what happens, you know, whatever. <laughs> so it's it, you know, it's it's so interesting too that we continually like dive into these patterns that we do, you know, in these cycles, like every four years or whatever. <laughs> and, and like, hello, so you know, it's the mm-hmm. same thing. So, and like a president I, can't do much. Like they have to get yeah. a lot of people to support bills and they, you know, it's, it's not as easy as, uh, you know, I'm going to, uh, do this thing and it's going to happen because I said it is obviously we know that there's gridlock and all that thing all those things in, in the political system that can get held up. So, um, yeah. but yes, but at the end of the day, it's just, everybody's scared because, because both sides are scared that the other one is going to destroy this world, both sides, yes. because this world is being so, destroyed with or without. Exactly. Them. And everybody's afraid of that. That's going to happen in some way, you know, it's like, I don't know if it's, what's that? manifest destiny or something like people want to see it happen. I know. Something like that. It's just so, it's like really, you don't want to see like good things happen and like change and like, like, like us all kind of singing harmoniously together and living in nature. I mean, I You're want such that. a Taurus. I know. <laughs> like, can we just be cool? Man? <laughs> but I guess are just, you know, the, the, it seems like, the majority, I'm outnumbered here, but the majority is like really looking for the fire and brimstone or, mm. you know, what is that thing called? Not our times. The my apocalypse. Brain is, the apocalypse. Yeah, my you. brain is fine too. Yeah. Oh, so totally. I mean, Nietzsche has a quote that says something to the effect of the fear of the apocalypse is what progresses man. And, you know, Y2K came and it never happened, right? And and then 2012, and there's always, and now it's like in the astrology world, it's this 2020 thing. It's just like remarkable. Yeah. Like humans go, I'm going to actually We're say so something really ridiculous, of- but men specifically, men specifically, I, I'm just going to say it. But they like, what's up? Like they go looking for these things that, like there's a search to go find why, when, and how the world is going to end. And I think for women, for the feminine, it is kind of like, you know, it's like, it, it is, it's ebb and flowy. You know, I'm a woman. I feel today I've cried. Today I've laughed. Today I've screamed. Today I've had joy. You know, I felt so many things like creation, destruction are so very consistent within a woman of uh, f- uh, the feminine oh, yeah. experience. But it, with that kind of masculine energy, it's like that progress, right? We got to move forward, move forward, move forward. And it does seem that like they're always for the most part, like these particular men come out with these things, these grandiose statements about things that oftentimes just never happen, but it gets people continuing to, to come up with innovative ideas. And that's the yeah. benefit of it. Um, but I think sometimes there's a benefit to just like sitting back and just like cooking dinner and listening to music and making love. Right. And focusing on that kind of stuff. I mean, 
fear is so enticing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, we're like, Ooh, God, it scares me. Like, and, and that's why mm-hmm. people watch horror movies and mm-hmm. shit like that. I mean, mm-hmm. personally can't stand them. I can't watch horror movies. I'm no. like, I just have no, no interest in feeling scared. I don't yeah. like that feeling. Yeah. So, you know, so I, it would, yeah, it would be interesting to see if just planting a seed here for, for you all to maybe even just like start conversations with people about this. Like, let's try to shift our perspective about this. Like, why are we so afraid? We know, we know we're all going to die someday anyways. Yeah, we definitely what do. The, what's the fucking big mm-hmm. deal? Like that is the ultimate truth that we're all here and mm-hmm. we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. So let's enjoy it while we're here instead of like living in a completely constricted state of fear the whole time of yeah. what could happen. And like, I honestly, like not every day, but pretty often, at least every other day, I practice dying. Like I drive in a car and I imagine if this car hits me and I die, how am I going to respond to it? And so I go into a place of peace, you know, I'm like, okay, I might die today. Like I think of that all the time and it's not morose and it's not sad. It's just like a possibility. Uh, But to, to live in fear of dying is um, unfortunate, but you know, we don't talk about death in this culture and, no. and, you know, we've got the, we, we got people who, you know, this, the, the pro-life, the pro-choice, we've got guns and not guns. And it's just right. like so funny because both parties seem to be anti like pro-life and pro-choice. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like both parties mm-hmm. seem to be of both, but the, the, the battle over life and death, you know, and we need to be saving more people and they both say it from different ways, but it, it yeah, in some cases, it's, it is futile. Like, yeah, people will die. Epidemics will happen. Um, terrorists happen, and, and then they always happen. There's always been terrorism. There's always been people killing off people. It is sensationalized. It's freaking people out that they might die and their borders will be crossed and it's, you know, all that stuff. But, like, if we if we do think something big is coming, then that is even more reason to, like, enjoy chocolate right now. Or, yeah. you know, like... Just like, I don't know. In fact, in some cases, I think for me, it's actually not a good thing because I think to myself like, eh, well, they're well, they end tomorrow. So I didn't get it done, but whatever, you know, like sometimes well, yeah, I actually. Well, yeah, there's that attitude. That <laughs> totally... Yeah, go the other direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so Libra that we're discussing this, like. Oh, totally. Energies. Well, and think, I mean, this is, you know, historically, the country in our lifetime in the last 30 years has, is more polarized than it's ever been in American history. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there was a time in American history where politicians worked together. You know, I was talking to my dad about the debates that he used to watch as a child. And he's like, they actually like discussed what they were going to do to like fix stuff. Like it was really boring. Yeah. It was so uninteresting. And, you know, they went through like the facts and figures of what they would do. And, and then ultimately when they, whoever won, they were a political body that cohered and worked together, uh, that were, you know, they were trying to make the the country thrive and better. And, and now, yes, uh, it's been divided. And I think with us Libra generation people, I think that is in, in some way our generational task is to, is to be bridges for people, you know, you know, we understand the virtual reality and we understand life before the virtual reality because we came of age without internet. Um, there's, you know, and now there's a whole slew of people on the planet who 
have been here without knowing life without it. Um, and then there's the older generation that's like, why would I get on Facebook? And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> you're like missing like half of life. Like if you're not on the virtual reality in some capacity, right? like, yeah. like why are you denying this so much? Like if you want to know what your grandkids are doing, you need to get on Instagram or Facebook or something because you're going to miss half of their life because half of their life is the virtual reality. So, uh, you know, so it's both, right? And so I think that's what Libra is doing is we're bridging the divide between pre-virtual reality and post-virtual reality. And because that's why everyone's freaking out because this is, how do you deal with this? I mean, mm -hmm. next to the invention of fire and electricity and agriculture, there's not been that many, this many big shifts in, in human history to this degree as virtual reality. Oh yeah. Reality. It's just rapid, rapid change. Huge. And it's, and it's almost too much for people to integrate. Exactly. So I get that too. That's why people you are know? freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and it's, it's, it just sends people totally in chaos. I mean, it is change can be chaos like that. And, yeah. Um, chaos precedes, like peace, you know, in that change vessel or change funnel and kind of having a vision that's going along with this. But, um, yeah. Wow. Interesting time to be alive. Isn't it yeah. fucking crazy? I just wow. have to say one more thing really quickly. Do you yeah. remember, like, I didn't even have a smartphone in Santa Fe when we knew each other. Like I didn't even own one I didn't yet. Either. I just got a smartphone a couple of years ago. Me too. And I don't know how to live without it. And I've only had it for like three years, maybe. Like, no. whoa, isn't that crazy? I like, like for 30 years, I didn't have a smartphone. <laughs> no, I thought about that too. I was like, wow, I drove across the country in 2003 from New York to LA. How did I find my way? <laughs> I don't remember. Was I using I don't Mac? Either. Did I print out stuff from MapQuest? Cause I, that was definitely around at the time, but like, this is 2003, by the way, folks, it's just kind of, I'm 36. So, you know, it's like. What? And so much has changed. Like yeah. now, you know, sometimes I'll just put shit into ma into Google Maps because I'm like, oh, cool, I can see what's the fastest route to yeah. this place. Even if I know how to get there, totally. I'm like, I want to I want to see what the best route is. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty it's pretty intense, and and it's just gonna get weirder. Totally. I mean, wow. Yeah. The virtual rea reality goggles. I've been seeing the yeah. ads on TV. Oh yeah, no, it's uh so, yes, of course, when we have a shift in consciousness to this degree, I mean, honestly, there are not many people, there's no other, I mean, the fact that we're witnessing this, that we are privileged to be alive during this time of, of human history is mind-blowing. I mean, th you think about these different civilizations throughout human history, and you think, how did they live through that? Like, wow, that was such a huge shift, or whatever that might be, and it's like, we're alive during one of those, you know, we will be living on another planet, but it's, you know, in our lifetime, we will watch humans living on Mars, you know, uh, that's, that's like a huge deal. That's a huge deal. That's a huge, huge, huge deal. I mean, we're going to different planets now too, and we have a diff different mm -hmm. reality system. So yeah, it's scary. And I think the older generations specifically are having the hardest time with it. Who's fighting on the stage, it's not us. Like it's the Leo generation. Oh my God. My mom. Oh my God. My mom. <sighs> I know first yeah. they burn the world up with the, the, the hippie revolution and you know, right? the, the, the Pluto conjunction 
the Pluto-Uranus conjunction, now yeah, that it's yeah. squared, they're fucking the thing up again. And I'm just like, <laughs> like we want to step up. Like, let us step up and actually maybe have some equanimity in this world. And it doesn't have to be all about us and, you know, our, you know, whatever. Uh, I have a lot to say about yeah. the Leos. But God I bless know, them, I too. Know. They're great, wonderful. I love my parents. Yeah, of and course. Generation they're too. parents, yeah. But Jesus. Yeah. Okay. All right, enough of that. Uh, that's ramble. Be fine. Yeah, ramble on. Um, we invited our guest, uh, yes. our winner of our donation auction, and Malia, and she shares with us her chart, and we just kind of explore it with her. So you'll just get to, you know, if, if uh, you're interested in following along with us, um, we provide her birth information, and you can um, kind of tag along our exploration of her chart. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And thanks for the donations and, um, yeah, we appreciate it. And this is our offering back. And I think things are going to continue to transform and shift here on the podcast all the time too. And, uh, we're coming up with new and better ideas all the time. So we're excited, but thank you, uh, Malia for, for donating to the podcast. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks for listening and letting people know. And thanks to all of you who have left those reviews and have, listened and appreciated and donated we uh, much gratitude so so now that you're through the rambling but you know it's like a big time it's okay to ramble sometimes i know it's too. a big time it's it really just big is. time yeah. yeah it's just like oh, it's Wah! all good yeah 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 uh, so we hope you enjoy this and we'll be back oh i just want to mention too this is like supposed to be the full moon episode but it's just a little bit late but uh, right uh, and we didn't really talk about the full moon but that's fine yeah <laughs> we got to see each other though um that weekend which that's is really right. cool we didn't even mention that we didn't even mention it how crazy oh. yeah danny was well, just <laughs> hanging out with me her and uh, her lovely family which is consistent of her and randall her husband and halo and hero her dogs got to stay at my home in colorado this weekend and that was really special it was it was amazing and we got to take some really fun pictures mm-hmm. together, and you'll get to see those at some point. So yeah, totally. Uh, it's great. Yeah, yeah it's fun to meet in person and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, which we can do. No yeah, the problem. first night I think it hit like what two thirty or three, and we yeah. were like, oh, like, what? Shit. Oh shit, we gotta go to bed. <laughs> I'm old. I can't go to bed this late. What are you doing? It was so late. <laughs> so oh my, yeah, totally. Yeah. But anyway, all right, y'all. Well, anyways, people much have love. a wonderful week much love stay cool be be fine just with life <laughs> appreciate what's around you find the find the beauty in everything mm-hmm. if you can absolutely yeah. absolutely we have a special guest today our auction winner uh, malia yay, yay. welcome malia. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so happy to have you here and we're going to be looking at your chart and talking about um, different themes that are kind of up for you right now. And so anybody who's listening, if you want to uh, pull out a piece of pen or paper or your computer or whatever you work with to take down Malia's information, and you can follow along with us as we go through her chart. So um, why don't we give you her information? Okay. And this will clarify for us um, also, Malia, that this is the right, the right time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh November twenty third, nineteen eighty seven at ten twenty two PM in Portland, Oregon. 
That's correct. Super cool. And just for those of you driving who can't look at the chart, we'll give you a quick layout of what we're looking at here. Yeah, awesome. So from the whole sign house perspective, which Danny and I use, we're looking at a 19 degree Leo rising. We are looking at um, a Sagittarius sun uh, and a large stellium and um, the fifth in Sagittarius. So we see, uh, we'll use, uh, we'll use more. Okay, we use, we got the sun, Saturn, Athena, Venus, Uranus. There's a few other things in there I look at, but we probably won't talk about that. We've got the moon conjunct Neptune and Capricorn in the sixth. You've got a south node in Virgo, a north node in Pisces. So I'm showing different. Sorry. Yeah. I'm showing is zero degrees Aries. So that's going to bring about different energy, but we could talk about both of those. Wait, so. which, what the nodes? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, showing zero degrees Aries point in the north node. This is the thing about astro versus. Um, uh, solar fire. They're always so different. Yeah. It's just like uh, by a degree usually, but that yeah. can mean a lot in this case. It but can. We'll, we'll it talk. does mean a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll, we'll talk about it. But um, <laughs> I, got, I have to ask you right off the bat, how are you doing? How's this week going for you? We've got, I see that you're, that the Pluto-Mars conjunction lies in your sixth and is falling on Ceres and the moon in your chart. So how, how you been? So this this week has been a little more foggy, I would say. Uh, I had a week last week that felt like there was a lot of clarity and a lot of like spiritual and philosophical energy that I tapped into really heavily. And then this week, it's a little bit more muddled feeling. And I'm feeling like a lot of things that had been coming up that I felt were sort of resolved specifically in my, in my family are kind of reemerging. And I'm, I'm, I kind of felt not necessarily like I had a setback, but like it was a reminder that, okay, there's still a lot more work to be done um, emotionally, you know, with those kinds of relationships that I have. So. Amen. Amen. That's, mm -hmm. that's, uh, I'm sure we'll mention this on the intro, but that's uh, part of what's happening in the sky. Everyone right now is this Pluto Mars conjunction and Pluto transits are areas of deep, uh, transformation and deep lessons, <laughs> very deep lessons. So with the Mars conjuncting it so meaning in the sky right now mars is hanging out right next to pluto from our vantage point in the constellation capricorn we see um that a lot of us are having to maybe revisit some things that <laughs> we don't want to but mars just comes through and he's like hey pluto what's up what's what deep stuff is going on in this person's life and so uh so with that kind of being near your moon it would make sense that this is bringing up family stuff uh maybe specifically around the mother because it's happening exactly on your series at 15 degrees capricorn in the 6th Mm -hmm. So it might be bringing up mother things um, specifically. It definitely, it definitely did earlier this week. And then uh, I had some father stuff yesterday that kind of came up. Um, uh, I was like, I don't want to go there. Oh, we're going there. Okay. So, uh, but I had um, an incident with my mom earlier this week that was a, uh, 
was, you know, kind of a realization of, okay, she and I are, are still, uh, in a place where I'm supporting her emotionally a lot. And she kind of had a little bit of a uh, emotional relapse where I had to step in and be like, you're fine. You're doing good. Like, look how much progress you've made emotionally over this year. And, uh, yeah, so definitely there was a lot of, uh, mom action going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the couple of things that I'm noticing just about your natal chart in general is this intense energy and dynamic in your family of origin. Um, is that, has that been your experience growing up? Um, I, you know, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was necessarily intense, but maybe it's because I was living it, but I had right. a, a, <laughs> had a very healthy, uh, family life, you know, all the way through high school. And then, uh, over the last probably about, well, it's probably about three or four years now that I've known, but my parents have, uh, are now officially going to be getting a divorce. Uh-huh. So it's been a really, uh, kind of drawn out and painful ro- emotional roller coaster. and being an adult child going through this, it was really a lot it's a lot more difficult than I, than I kind of envisioned it because there's not a whole lot of other adults my age who are having this experience that I can really connect with. So I've been having a lot of this intense family, uh, energy and family experiences for the last couple of years that I've kind of had to weather alone in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Yes. Did you want to say anything, Eugenia, before I start talking? Yeah, no. Well, I was just <laughs> going to point out what what you're seeing, and that is that um, Malia has Mars-Pluto-Mercury conjunction in Scorpio in the fourth. So that is, uh, yeah, that's an intensity. That's a deep, deep bit. And uh, something about the fourth house and home is oftentimes it can be secrets, right? It's right. things that we exactly. don't, yep, that we we don't have great access to. It's unconscious material for us, but then it can also be that unconscious material from the family as well. So um, it makes sense that during your Saturn return and this, this Mars-Pluto conjunction that this is all getting triggered. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it seems like it's also a good thing, like a healthy release. Um, Pluto has this very like volcanic kind of energy to it. And, you know, it's like this buildup of energy that needs to come out. And it might be that your parents have been kind of like completely unhappy with each other for a long time. And there's been some family secret that's been there that's finally getting to be um, kind of purged, you know, which is another word associated with Pluto. And you do have Pluto is making, let's see, sextile to your natal mercury placement and even i would say to your that that pluto mercury conjunction in the fourth house so this is kind of transformational for the way in which you're thinking about family mm-hmm. um and how you've also related to your family how you've communicated with your family mm-hmm. and of course because um natally speaking you have neptune conjunct the moon you are somewhat the caretaker for your mom so i can imagine that this is bringing that to the foreground as well. Mm-hmm. And as Eugenia said, with the Saturn return, it's kind of like this is also highlighting your um, emergence as an adult, mm-hmm. you stepping into, you know, your own, you know, sense of self outside of the family constellation and um, being able to set boundaries around those things. Cause that's a tough thing to do with that Neptune moon 
um, aspect. And we've talked about this on another podcast, didn't we, Eugenia? Yeah, I feel like that's actually shown up a couple of times. A couple of times. It's kind of a theme I'm noticing. It is. Yeah. It's very odd. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I definitely will have to go back and, and dig that up because I'd love to, to listen to that and see what kind of other experiences and, and instances that are being described about that. So I think it was on the episode with Jillian, Jillian. Anderson. Yeah. yeah okay. About oh. the, uh, the yoni eggs. And so, yeah, mm. I'd listen to that and just see what kind of information you might be able to glean from it. Okay. Um, but it seems like this is a really good change, even yeah. though that, you know, I mean, Pluto's never really that pleasant. Um, Amen. It's powerful. It's really powerful. Um, but it's really needed. And it's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, like, again, like I, ca- I call it the colonic of the solar system because <laughs> it's like, it gets rid of all the gunk. And if and yeah. anybody's listening, including you, Malia, it's like, if you've ever had a colonic, you know, when you're getting a colonic, it's like, Oh my God, this is so weird. And, uh, ew, gross. And afterwards you feel like a million bucks. It's like, Oh my God, I'm a new person. And that's totally Pluto, right? It just comes in there and and changes things up. So my hope for you is that through this whole process with your parents, you're going to have a whole new perspective of what's possible in a relationship, Mm -hmm. especially because Saturn is transiting your fifth house of romantic relationships anyways. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like an area in your life in which you're growing up, um, becoming more responsible and like figuring out what you like and what you don't like and that sort of thing. Definitely. Uh, I, I, I already do feel as though it's positive. Um, one of the things that I just really couldn't explain throughout the early parts of the the divorce and then just, you know, kind of a lasting theme is that I'm, I'm like not afraid of what is coming. Like I can see, I almost feel like I can feel ahead and see ahead with my emotions that everything's okay on the other side and that like we get to now be more individuals functioning within like a family group. So each person is having to like redefine who they are in relation to one another. And I, it's kind of like you said, it's a colonic, like we're all cleaning up the nonsense that we've been holding onto as a unit and realizing like, okay, we got to let go of this and, and all do the work of being vulnerable and seeing where we are going to land on the other side. So Right on. That's a great <laughs> um, outcome for the type yes. of uh, 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 transition that's happening right now. That's really amazing, actually. That the family is feeling that 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 desire to be vulnerable. That is an unusual thing, I think, in family units, mm-hmm. oftentimes. So you know, I, I think it's happening more with the females. I have a brother, uh, only brother, and uh, my dad. So I think my my mom and I definitely are undergoing this. My brother is probably the one who is struggling the most with becoming vulnerable, and my mm-hmm. dad is vulnerable, but he's also still struggling to kind of shake off a lot of the. Um, a lot of his old patterns that kind of led him to this place, but he's kind of slowly becoming aware, like, Oh yeah, I have an, I have an influence on the people around me. I'm not, you know, I don't just operate as, you know, dad. So. Right. Yeah. I was going to ask you about siblings because Jupiter's transiting your third house. Mm -hmm. And sometimes this can just bring up, um, like a lot of focus attention around sibling relationships. Um, I, you know, it's interesting. My, my brother and I were really close growing up and then puberty happened and we weren't as close. And then puberty was kind of over and we went to college at the same college and we were buddies again. And he recently moved away. And now that he 
is down there, we don't, we don't get to interact as much. And so I felt a little bit of stagnation in my progress with my relationship with him that I'm still trying to, to figure out how to improve. That's kind of like on my checklist of things and like emotionally, like, okay, I need to figure out a way to have a new relationship with my brother as adults and as adults who live in different cities who now like have to really uh, kind of parcel our time carefully in order to like make sure we're spending quality time together. So, Mm. well, and that's actually, actually quite appropriate. So when we look at Jupiter, Jupiter, we, we did the whole episode on the Jupiter moving into Libra and it's kind of funny because we talked about the, the, you know, I think we talked a little bit about the shadow side of it, but we really, we were kind of stoked when we did that episode. We're like, yeah, Jupiter and Libra. And then that new moon happened in Libra. And I was like, yeah, this is amazing. But it feels like truth be told, Jupiter illuminates period. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it makes, it brings attention to that area of our life. And for all of us with it being in Libra, there is this, this illumination on justice and equanimity. And is there an equitable, are there equitable, are these equitable relationships? So the people Mm -hmm. that we work with, the people that we do business dealings with our intimate partners. Uh, I think now that we're just at the beginning stage of Jupiter moving into Libra, it's, it feel, it's feeling like to me that this is just starting to illuminate areas in our life where we feel unequitable or, or not. And so the fact that it is in your third says a couple of things, uh, namely that you're looking to find a balance, a a renewed balance in a relationship with your brother. Um, Mm -hmm. because it's, when that illumination happens, it's not necessarily good too, right? It's like, it can illuminate, you know, my personal experience of it so far is just like, Oh my God, it's illuminating all the junk. Right. And, and we would hope as Jupiter continues to move through there, that that's when the abundance from that looking into equanimity between us all will come into fruition. And so because there's been a lot of emphasis in that third house, like Danny's saying, it makes sense that there is a tension, uh, the way you spoke about it towards the sibling in, in that way, and just trying to figure out how to redo the relationship and renew it and rebuild it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned the uh, equanimity and in, in kind of becoming more equal and balanced because as a result of, you know, kind of undergoing uh, my parents' divorce and having to figure things out, I've realized that I feel personally a lot that my brother is more emotionally protected from having to feel hard emotions. And I'm, I kind of looked back at my childhood and realized that in a lot of times when when I would undergo a situation that, you know, may mirror something he was going through, I was encouraged to really feel it. Whereas my brother would shut it out and, and have a more like visceral and violent reaction that then was kind of, um, was tried to, it, it was very smoothed over. And so as a result, he, he can, I, I, I feel, this is my perception. This is not necessarily what he does, but I feel that he gets to play kind of the victim card and, 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 act as however he wants to, whereas I feel that I have to be more in control of my emotions and process those. And one thing that has happened is people will say things like, um, Oh, I feel, I just feel bad for your brother. He's taking this really hard. And I was like, well, what about me? Like, just because, <laughs> just because I am like dealing with this rationally doesn't mean that it's not 
taking a toll on me. Like he gets to live in another city. He doesn't have to be here in the city where my parents live dealing with them, trying to split my time, trying to support both of them emotionally and, you know, as a family. And so that's definitely something that I'm trying to address within myself that while that may be true and that he may be avoiding a lot of the pain, that doesn't mean that he's not feeling his own version of the pain and that I'm not projecting some of my own frustrations onto him. So I'm definitely trying to deal with that and not, and not be angry at him for something he has no idea that I, that I feel cause it's kind of irrational, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That feels just so Jupiter Libra to me, you know, it's <laughs> like, well, what about me? And what about you? And how do we, how do we intermingle together? And how do we, how do we, you know, it is, it's, it's so, it's so the theme of this Jupiter Libra stuff and, you know, it's going to continue to change and shift, but especially because of this Pluto Mars conjunction right now, I think there's a deep feeling of, am I balanced in life? You know, Mm -hmm. is there balance in my life? Are things in harmony? And I Mm -hmm. think right now, because of Pluto and Mars, I think we're having the opportunity to see where we are really imbalanced. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Danny and I were just talking about that maybe this weekend, like how do we remain in harmony? How do we remain in balance? And I think that that is a a big piece of all of this. And so for, for those of you listening, of course, look at your own charts, like see what house it's happening in, you know, see where this is going on. And, you know, and we can, Danny and I, we can share where it's in our house, you know where it is in our chart just to show the different area of that that theme Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. I have uh Libra ruling my ninth house Mm -hmm. so Jupiter's transiting my ninth house Mm -hmm. for me it's been really awesome honestly (laughs) I I I don't have any complaints about it um Mm -hmm. it's just it's brought a lot of abundance in my life in terms of um clients coming my way and feeling like I'm you know able to bring in my uh you know, passion about relationships and communication and that sort of thing. And, and of course, like working on this new project idea that mm-hmm. I will discuss more about in another episode, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's been good. Well, yeah. And Danny also has the Pluto Mars conjunction in the 12th. So yeah, <laughs> so, very quiet. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a, it's a little bit different to have that Pluto Uh, there rather than say on the moon, like you have it, Malia. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Jupiter and Libra hypothetically is this really amazing, beautiful opportunity, yada, yada, yada. But then we have these other players happening and they will happen for the 13 months while Jupiter is in there. And that's going to look different for everybody from one day to the next, depending on their natal chart. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know I have it in the eighth, uh, the Pluto Mars conjunction. And then, uh, uh, what Jupiter's in my fifth and right. You know, it's, it's been interesting. (laughs) It's definitely illuminating issues on sex, death and money for sure. For me, because I have that Pluto deal in the, in the eighth and that's just being triggered right now. And I'm trying to find balance in my self-expression and things of that nature that have to do with the fifth house. So, um, yeah, so you, everyone can kind of just see that it, it's always looking different for everybody. <laughs> always good to keep in mind that one person's experience is not going to be everybody's. So. Right. And like, you know, I was just talking to a client about this today, you know, where we have maybe some powerful influences and, and energies and transits happening that could be really like rocky. There's always going to be some kind of light to kind of balance it out. 
um, and, and vice versa, you know, that neutralizing effect of stuff. So when you're looking at your chart, you know, to always kind of look for the both and of what's happening um, and not just focusing on like, oh God, what's this thing that I'm going through necessarily? Or, hey, everything's so super great. You know, um, this is awesome because it's all going to change anyways. We're just moving through time and space. And for you, you know, uh, Malia, you know, with Jupiter transiting the third house too, it's, there's so much potential here for improving your communication. And because is also making a sextile to your natal Mercury placement there. Um, it's, you know, you're getting that also as, as like an added boost is that you're, you're changing the way in which you communicate, think about the world and interact with, you know, um, people in your family. And I, I mean, that's, that's always a good thing because if we can start locally, you know, it can kind of expand outward into the world and our family, you know, just karmically speaking can be some of the most challenging people for us. And if you can work with those people, then the rest of the people who show up in your life might be easier to deal with, manage, you know, communicate with, connect with all that stuff. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, we kind of just like ran right into this episode, right? We were just like, (laughs) (laughs) let's do it. I'm sorry. It's just so Mars Pluto, like, let's go. Come on. Come on. Right. It's like when I use the figurines in my office, Mars is literally a Harley Davidson pig, um, like on his motorcycle. And he's just like, you know, he's going and, and Pluto's like this, like, you know, underworld God. He's like this, like kind of creepy, uh, dark figure. And right now they're dancing with each other. So uh, it's kind of funny because the conversation really feels this way as it's exactly conjunct while we record this episode. But I'm wondering if maybe we want to step back just a little bit. Um, I know that you wanted to talk a little bit more about the nodes, which is going to be challenging because we have different uh, dates or placements um, on our, our different programs, Danny and I. Um, but I, I just want to kind of um, scan back just a little bit uh, and you know, give us, you know, we, you have a lot of stuff going on in Sagittarius, right. In the mm-hmm. fifth house. So I'm just curious, uh, because you have so much in Sagittarius and you know, a little bit about astrology, uh, what does that look like and feel like for people who are listening to get a sense of, of that placement as well, just to get a, a more broad general uh, perspective for people listening. Um, I definitely, I definitely feel as, as though, I don't know that the fire energy, uh, is something that always, I, that I always fixated on when I was kind of a, you know, a, a preteen who was just getting interested in astrology. And I always did feel like I was like burning really bright and moving all in all directions. And I have too many hobbies and too many interests. And I'm just like trying to do it all and want to do everything and want to try everything. Um, uh, what else? Uh, can you give me a little more direction? Um, <laughs> you want to know? Well, I, well, it's, I, I guess I just wanted to quick, uh, uh, something, f- uh, from you about that, but how I see that is absolutely, that's like a lot of fire, right? This is a big deal. And this is what we call a stellium. That's for any, um, house that has more than five planets is what we like to call it. And so what's happening is, you know, you've got your sun, which is essentially who you are, right? It's the center of who you are. Uh, mm-hmm. how, so essentially you housed in the fifth, 
uh, in Sagittarius. So things about Sagittarius, everyone looks, listens to, ba- to basics, of course, but, um, you know, higher education, knowledge, I want to know more, you know, get more, get more, get more, right? And kind of get more uh, educated, uh, things of that nature. I won't get in, go into that too much, but uh, to have your son there then in the fifth is this creative thing. It's it's wildly creative. And so we've got that Saturn, Athena, Venus, and Uranus. And what's so interesting about this placement is this is in fact where Malia is having her Saturn return. So your Saturn is transiting over your sun, over your Saturn, Athena, Venus, and then ultimately over Uranus. And so this is a pretty big deal because this is a, it's a, it's a pretty, um, there's a lot of players involved in your Saturn return. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people might have a Saturn uh, that stands alone in a house by itself. And so their Saturn return, you know, minus the aspecting pieces to the other planets when we're just having that return it's just hitting the Saturn but this is hitting a lot of pieces of your chart uh, and I find that really interesting and so a restructuring of all of this fiery energy and so is that what has the Saturn return been like so far because you're you're not you're definitely not out of it you're still in it <laughs> so uh, so how has it been are you are you just feeling like you're getting very restructured from essentially who you are? Are you just like, do you just feel like everything is just getting totally changed around and restructured? I feel, I feel in a lot of ways, like, um, I, yes, in the sense that I have had to become, I've kind of grown up, I've become more responsible. I went from being like totally broke to having a job that pays really well in the course of, and, and saving a nest egg in the course of three years. And so it's like, suddenly, boom, you're an adult, you're like paving your way, you're paying your bills. Uh, But I also feel like a lot of the things that I enjoyed doing as a child, like creatively, uh, those are suddenly interesting to me again. So for example, um, I loved to knit, I love to do things with my hands that's creative, I want to like make collages, Um, I collect rocks, and I love to tumble rocks. And I recently have done like two different batches of uh, rocks that I've, tum- that I've found around and tumbled that are from places that are really important to me. Um, I have always kind of had a fascination with nurturing things and making them grow. So for example, in college, I had tons of fish tanks and I bred beta fish and gave them to all my friends. And so my obsession recently has been orchids and houseplants. And so now I have uh, uh, like 26 or 27 orchids that I grow and, and take care of and just. So, um, we just had a little technological snafu and we're back and yeah. So Malia was just mentioning uh, about the, you know, bringing back her interest in her creative pursuits from childhood. And I think honestly, Saturn return is such an amazing time for, revisiting and reviewing our childhood. Mm -hmm. And I know for my experience with my Saturn return, I spent some time, I actually like went to visit my mom to spend time, like looking through old baby books and stuff like that to kind of learn about myself. And I was also taking psychology classes at the time. And it it really is kind of, um, this full circle experience of you getting to take stock of who you are as a person. And bringing back those, uh, you know, reclaiming those pieces of your creative self. I was actually going to ask you if you are a creative person, cause you do have a lot of energy in your chart that would suggest that. Um, 
so it just sounds really great, you know, that you're giving form, which is Saturn, to these creative ideas and finding a new expression of them as an adult. Mm -hmm. So that's really a nice way to work with this. And something else I wanted to mention, too, is that, you know, when we're thinking about Saturn and the Saturn return in general, it's we do want to pay attention to the aspects we have with Saturn natally, because this will kind of give us a little flavor, coloring of, um, you know, how we engage with Saturn anyways. And you actually have some nice harmonious energy um, with Saturn, with the exception of Saturn conjunct Venus, but that also can be very beneficial in many ways. Um, so, you know, I've just been, you know, in looking at your chart, I am kind of curious, like, has this been a super challenging ride with Saturn thus far? Or do you feel like it's... Um, kind of more organic, like, oh, I'm like moving into this new stage of being an adult and taking on responsibility and such. I, I feel like it's been a good mix of both because mm-hmm. I've had some ups and I've had some downs. Um, I feel like I have like, like I'm a little motorboat and I have a little motor on the back and like, sure, I'm taking on water sometimes, but the little motor is like moving me forward. And, and I think something that I, that I definitely have, have recognized about myself is that I'm kind of and just always an optimist. So I'm always like, well, that sucked, but like, you know, look, it feels better now. And then it, whatever, whatever, you know, painfulness of, of a lesson that I, that isn't of use to me, it kind of just falls away. So it's definitely been, uh, there've been some crunchy times, but for the most part, I, I feel like I am, am kind of expanding within, like there's becoming more room for myself, um, inside myself. So, Ultimately, I feel like it's been good, but I mean, definitely the family stuff has, um, has, has been the most difficult, I think, to weather. So, yeah, I mean, I think having all that fire energy is, is really such a blessing in that optimistic way. I mean, sometimes it can kind of make you too optimistic or overly naive about things, but I think it's helpful in these kind of situations, especially with Saturn mm-hmm. transits and Pluto transits, all those things. Something um, I want to mention about uh, this past year for you is that you had a big change in terms of your progress chart. Mm-hmm. Your progress sun just moved into Capricorn probably sometime around December or January. Mm-hmm. And then it moved into your sixth, your natal sixth house. So have you felt a big shift kind of in terms of your relationship to your work in the world, being efficient, being productive, and also kind of like just with what you're producing basically. Absolutely. I'm currently doing a, a, I'm currently doing a job that I don't, I don't really care about. I mean, I'm good at it. I'm efficient. I, I was hired on as a contract worker to help produce, um, uh, an application. And what I do is I help, uh, I'm a project manager for, translating content and the, the translation and languages are, are really, really, you know, heavily highlighted in my background. I got a linguistics degree, but I just don't, I find that what I'm doing, I don't care about it. And it may be that it's a platform, it's a digital platform. And I, I find myself more drawn to the natural world. And so recently I've really been struggling with the fact that I'm not fulfilled by what I do. It's just, it supports me it allows me to have a nice life that's comfortable and allows me to save, but I don't like to play it safe. And I don't, I, I really have been feeling very strongly that I need to make a change. So I've actually given myself six months, um, to 
figure out what I want my next steps to be in life and, and what I want to, to take my talents and, and what I want to do with those talents. So. Sweet. Yeah. And you have your progressed moon in Aquarius right now. So that's definitely kind of inviting that change energy and just wanting to do things in a different way, Mm -hmm. uh, pursuing, you know, your own path. And Mm -hmm. it's very different from your natal moon in Capricorn energy vibration. And you just, you know, before this had your lunar return. So now that you've kind of formed into a mature emotional adult, now you can kind of bring that into your, you know, how you respond to life. Like what's the Mm -hmm. conversation I want to have here? What's fulfilling? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. Definitely. Eugenia, did you want to add anything? I think you're doing a a, a great job, Miss Danny. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So other things, you know, I know you wanted to talk about um, the North Node a little bit, and this might be where uh, this this would be interesting for us to look at because, yeah, there's different programs that produce different results. Um, this isn't, let's say, a perfect science, mm-hmm. and um, you know, for from my perspective, anyways, this is showing that you have a North Node at zero degrees Aries, which is considered the Aries point. Um, so, from my perspective, it's almost like um, your destiny in this lifetime is kind of like a fresh start, like turning a page mm-hmm. on like a whole new chapter, um, really kind of working. My, my opinion on this is that we start to really manifest our North node goals and, and destiny. Once we make it through the Saturn return, after we sloth off all that stuff, that's not really essential. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're working your way towards that. And, you know, it is about, being, having, having courage, being independent, um, and kind of putting yourself first, you know, you might've been coming from past life, um, or past life experiences where relationships were, um, the most important thing. And you were, you know, totally self, you know, not self-absorbed, but absorbed in relationship, mm-hmm. maybe even to the point of losing yourself. So that might be, is that a tendency of yours at all in relationship or what? I mean, I would guess so with your, all of your fifth house energy there, but um, just curious uh, about how that yeah. manifests. Yeah. I, I, I attracted for a good portion of my, my early twenties, I attracted, um, very vulnerable, uh, male partners who were just going through some shit. Like, I mean, and I don't know, I, I don't know what it was that, that attracted me to them, but it must, but I definitely felt as though, um, I, needed to be there to kind of help them through it. And the last relationship really kind of, uh, destroyed a lot of, of the foundation that I had built essentially, like I had drained my finances trying to support this person who was just depressed and, uh, you know, going through some serious issues, um, pretty much in every aspect of his life. And I was the only thing that was really keeping him together. And I realized like, Oh my God, I am going to go under if I don't save myself. And so I had to just, I had to break up with him and I had to separate myself from that. And I had to just cut the cord. And I, another thing that I, that I did a lot of in my, in my twenties was I was, I actually called my apartment Malia's home for wayward boys and kitties because I was always rescuing animals. And I had, you know, people who didn't have places to stay, staying at my house sometimes long-term months at a time, sometimes just people who 
you know, were down on their luck staying at my house. And I kind of realized after I came out of the the bad relationship, who actually I was in that relationship um, when I lived in that place, we lived together. And I came out of that and I was like, I kind of put myself in some potentially risky situations by having people I didn't know very well staying in my house. I mean, I didn't have anything of, of real value. Um, but I still was thinking, kind of learned that lesson of like, I need to set up some personal boundaries about letting people come close to me and that I can't be the mom. I can't mother everybody. I can't save everybody. I can only save who is, uh, it feels hard to even say it now, but who's worth it to put my energy in. And I'm not trying to save them, but I'm just putting my supportive energy where it needs to go, um, where it will be of the greatest use. Because I also learned that by putting energy in the wrong place, potentially you are hindering someone from learning their own life lessons. So. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think too, you're really, you're naming the the process of Saturn return because like Danny says, it distills and, Mm -hmm. and what is actually happening, of course, in your mind is your frontal cortex is coming in. And Mm -hmm. we do things in our twenties that once we're in our thirties, we look back and think like, how did I do that? Like why, what could have possibly driven me to do that? Right. That it was such a bizarre, you know, unsafe thing to have done with my body, my soul, my heart, my home, all of those different things. And that's the beauty of the frontal cortex and coming through Saturn return is recognizing that, yes, like you said, we need boundaries. We need to, you know, I think I I often say in our, in the twenties, it's like, oh, you're standing next to me. We're going to be like really good friends. (laughs) At least, you know, that's how I was. I'm an Aquarius. (laughs) I was like, oh, so you're right there. Okay. Let's just be friends forever. And so, you know, I had like a ton of friends in my twenties, but there was no discernment, none. There was no, like, what are your values and your hopes and dreams and aspirations for the future? What are mine? How do you take care of yourself? How, you know, these are questions I ask now in my thirties, right? I, if I, you know, you, you have such limited time all of a sudden after Saturn return because responsibilities come in and you have to pay for this and that. And and like you had mentioned with the bills that you start to learn about in, in the late twenties, but there's not time to be friends with just anybody or to be in relationship with just anybody. It's, it's truly about how can you serve me and how can I serve you to make our lives thrive, right? Mm-hmm. Not, you know, to, you know, we don't have time to take care of people if we don't get anything back. Speaking of equanimity, right? We, we, yeah. we learned that in such a huge way during that, that, that process. So that's a really beautiful way to describe it. I, my uh, cousin was just over the other day and she's turning 28 and she's going through the exact same thing. She said, gosh, I don't, I can't believe I've been in these relationships. I can't believe, you know, I don't really feel like I have friends right now necessarily because I'm trying to figure this out. And, and it's, it is, it's a big, big, big shift because we learn to build walls. Um, mm-hmm. and, and they are there to protect us. They're not a bad thing all the time. So, um, Definitely. So I just wanted to mention really quickly too, um, just to, you asked about the, the North and South node and, and I, I don't have to say too much about your personal chart just for time's sake, but just to clarify to you, um, the nodes of the moon and there's actually nodes of all of the planets. So every, every entity in, in, in space has uh, nodes because it's talking about where elliptical paths cross. And so there are points in space that change because of where the orbits 
the elliptical orbits of particular planets and the moon and the earth and, and so on, how they interact with each other. And so it's kind of interesting. I went to a Vedic uh, lecture once, and even though the nodes are not bodies in, in, in the sky, uh, the Vedics do believe them to be planets because they're that influential on our life. They're very, very influential. And so the South Node is very much, it's, it's the past. So there's the Rahu Ketu. Uh, you, you may have heard that at some point. People, there's lots of variations on this, but really it is just the past. And so when we look into the South Node, it just says a lot about our family. It says a lot about our first years growing up. Uh, it says a lot about the habitual behavior that was created, like Danny said, the first 30 years. Um, for example, mine is in Capricorn. I, you know, was raised very masculinely, uh, Capricorn being the masculine. Uh, you know, I've got, I was, I played a lot of sports, you know, I, I didn't know that you could even do other things, right? Because when you're a child, all you know is your parents and their reality system. Uh, as we go through our twenties and then ultimately Saturn return, we realize that we actually need to embody ourselves, our own truth, our own authenticity, right? And that's the North node. And that is, it's a challenge to get to our North Node because it's the antithesis of the habitual pattern that was created. It's, you know, it's like the neural pathways are really, really strong. And then we spend our life trying to break out of those, those patterns and just expand our mind, become more and more authentic and say, this is what I like and this is what I don't like, right? And the North Node is going to indicate what that that might be for somebody, right? So what would actually bring them joy would actually bring them bliss. And, and I'll just say really quickly from my perspective, you've got the South node in Virgo, North node in Pisces. Um, so it's very, very different, um, which would indicate on this end of the screen on, on my program that you come from more control, that you, 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 there's a sense of perfection. There's a sense that you have to think, have things perfect, um, mm -hmm. organized, um, uh, you know, just very, uh, a little, a, a tiny bit of OCD, you know, I really need this, uh, to, to be right. And with the mm -hmm. North node and Pisces, what that would indicate is, a, a, a strong desire to let go, let mm -hmm. go and let God, you know, and, and how can one resolve perfection when perfection is, in some cases, impossible to achieve, especially because everything is actually perfect. <laughs> Although it doesn't feel that way all the time, but you know, nature is perfect. And so, uh, there is, you know, from my perspective, it would be a suggestion to let go and let God, you know, develop mm -hmm. a spiritual practice, which is embedded and, um, um, held together by a faith that mm -hmm. it's all good, that mm -hmm. somehow, even if it wasn't perfect, even if you didn't have your shit together, it, it worked out, you know, mm -hmm. you got through the day. And so, um, that's what it would say from the perspective of the Virgo Piscean piece. So it'd be interesting. It, it's real funny that we're doing this on an episode, but it's actually a really good example for people to see that these interpretations are really vast and wide. And that is kind of the miracle of astrology is that somehow they always, still somehow resonate. It's, it's, yeah. Anyway. It's like both can be true. I mean, it's, we live in a both and universe. And mm -hmm. again, this also is like, I have a client today who still uses the Placidus chart right. and she was so freaked out when we looked at the whole sign. She was like, wait a minute, but how does that make sense if yeah. everything moved, you yeah. know? Um, so 
it, it is a big deal and it can be a real like mind scramble. But at the same time, you know, I hear you, Malia, like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, 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 you know, like that resonates, too. So and especially because, you know, something to keep in mind with with astrology is that there's no clear lines between these signs. It's a spectrum. Everything that Absolutely. we experience in life is on a spectrum. Totally. So it's a gradient kind of experience. And uh-huh. so, you know, there it's not like that we fall off a cliff when we, you know, leave um <laughs> Virgo and, and move into Libra or whatever. It's, yeah, it's just yeah. a transition into a, a new energy. And with, of course, bringing in all of the wisdom and awareness and knowledge from the sign before. And for you, Malia, you know, the story that you speak to about like this experience that you've had with relationships and whatnot, I mean, it's so, from, from my perspective, North Node and Aries, like moving away from that codependent pattern of I need to save people, I'm going to put them first. And it's really about you exerting the courage to focus on yourself and your needs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're just a naturally compassionate person with that moon Neptune. Like you are ready to just be there for people and just give your all, you know? So you're, there's a tendency there to be taken advantage of and just like leave the door wide open. And thankfully with Saturn coming in here, you're going to learn like, Oh, that's not really appropriate all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's, there's a, an energy exchange that needs to take place in order for me to feel like this is going to, you know, going to be sustainable, can't give from an empty cup. So this is also, you know, pointing to the essence of Jupiter and Libra and those themes too. So, you know, you can kind of see how all of these pieces fit together like a puzzle. I mean, really like you're looking at, um, a puzzle of yourself. And, um, so hopefully that provides some clarity, you know, in terms of, where you're going and what you're working through right now. This is of course, scratching the surface. There's so much more detail we could explore. Um, but for time's sake, I don't think we'll be able to get into that, but it, are there any other questions that are kind of percolating underneath there or things that you want to reflect from your experience with us? Um, I, well, it's just interesting to hear you, you know, say you can't give from an empty cup because I, I kind of feel in a lot of ways that I for a lot of my life was a a vessel for other people where they would give me, they would give me something emotional and I would keep it for them. You know, it's kind of like, and, and I was a safe place and, and for, for lots of random people too, in my life where, you know, I would be like, Holy moly, you just gave me a huge secret part of your life that now I have to like carry it around. And I'm learning that that's, that's not serving me. Um, I definitely still catch myself doing it and I definitely am trying to find that balance of, of being compassionate while, um, still main while implementing the boundaries that I've kind of learned. Um, but yeah, I've definitely attracted a lot of specifically female friends over the years who, uh, seem to latch on to my ability to like build them up and, and support them. And then when I, step back and I'm like, okay, I need to be my, I need to like focus inward. There is always an explosion. And then the relationship is over because I'm like, if you can't handle me being a human being that has my own needs and my emotional, uh, you know, my own emotional course to take, then I can't, I don't want to have anything to do with you. And so that has been something that I've been really struggling with is to start relation, new relationships, specifically with females on, on an even plane where it's like, I give a little bit at a time and, and kind of test the waters before I really dive 
completely all the way in and give my whole self because I feel like that's a good way to set the boundaries is like, you know, kind of sizing up the scenario and realizing, okay, where can I, where can I plug my energy in that won't be taken advantage of? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's wise. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's such a thing called energy vampires. And when you are a vessel like that, which you probably are with the moon Neptune conjunction, I have the opposition and you know what? The same thing happens to me all the time and it's specific to female relationships. Mm -hmm. And when you pull away the energy from you be, you are the source of somebody's energy and they think, Oh, I can plug into you. And then you say, actually, this plug is unavailable. They will flip out. Mm -hmm. It's just like a natural course of action. Mm -hmm. So, but you know, it's necessary and you're protecting yourself and you, you know, you're like a psychic sponge with that placement. So mm -hmm. you, you've got to do it in order to preserve your energy that, you know, cause you have a lot to give to the world. Um, so yeah, so continue to do that and feel, feel okay with that. If you can, you know, it's uncomfortable at first, but, um, practice, practice, practice. And, you know, I, I think eventually you start to attract people who are more resonant with a give and take relationship rather than just take. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, girls, uh, <laughs> ladies, ladies. I, I think we've, uh, come to the close of this I'm going to be watching the debate tonight I don't know if you girls are but yeah. I'm definitely watching it because of what's happening in the sky right now <laughs> whoa um, I predict it's going to be a little fiery uh, so we'll see if, if that prediction is right but uh, so um, so let us all uh, during this time you know remain uh, full of love and all that good stuff <laughs> So, um, <laughs> thank you so much again for joining us, Malia. We really, really appreciate it. The donation is awesome. Thank you for the donation from you and for all the others who have been donating. We love it. Thank you. Uh, we'd love to bring you whoever donates again next month, um, to the highest bidder. May you join us the next, uh, full moon, uh, time period. <laughs> and, um, and, and we'd love to have you all on the show. This is a fun thing. We hope you've learned some stuff from this. Uh, any last thoughts, Danny? Lots of love, everybody. Stay cool. Stay cool. <laughs> <laughs>